All right, hey everybody, welcome to Vike Spice. I am here with my brother from another mother, Sanka. What's up, man? Hey, buddy, things are good. I mean, this weekend was weird because I didn't get to watch the game. I was I was visiting London with my family. Um, and funny thing, sorry, before we get into the part, I'm just going to hijack it straight away. Funny thing, right, at dinner, um, so I'm there with my wife's friend, um, her friend from school and her husband. And I've obviously I'm, I've put the f- game on the phone, so I'm just I've got it in the corner of the table, just like watching it secretly. And every dude knows when you're doing that, just be chill. Let the other guy just do what he needs to. But he, this guy called me out. He went, "Oh, what are you watching on the phone?" Like in front of everybody. I was like, "Oh shit!" Now I've got to admit what I've been doing. You know this this whole time. So I told him, "Oh, I'm watching the NFL game." I said, "Are you into NFL?" And he went, "No." And that was the end. And then my wife was just like, yeah, you better put that away now. So, yeah, so I, I got to watch that. I know, right? Is it, there's no bro code or anything with this guy. Terrible. So I, I watched like the first quarter, then I missed like the next two. And then obviously I've caught up on, on the whole game now. But man, I was devastated. It was like one of the best games we've had this season, right? Yeah, Loki. Like this is the best I've seen. The like the offense, man, was ridiculous. It was the best I've seen this offense play in a while. Like we we've seen them do well overall since 2017, but like, this is one of the more more complete games. The type of game that the the defense doesn't do their their end, but then the offense come the offense comes in and you know they just blow it out of the water, man. They played amazing on Sunday. It was it was awesome to see. Yeah, and and how good good was the O line? And I, and I tweeted earlier that Kirk was kept cleaner than a nun's cunt. I'm not sure if we're allowed to say cunt on this, but fuck it, I'm, I'm saying it anyway. But he was so clean. I, d- I don't remember him like getting harassed at all during the game. He was he was so good. And the O line is really coming together. So the coaching changes we made during the off season, they're clearly working because you you could see for the last three weeks how good Kirk has been given given a bit of time. Yeah, and definitely. I mean, the the one thing you can see is, I feel like the personnel is significantly better compared to last year. That's for like for sure. That's no doubt about that. But then the second thing that I've seen is the way the scheme has been designed around these five offensive linemen. It's it's, it's a scheme that kind of you know it's it helps the personnel we have. You know, it's made in a way that you they won't struggle. And obviously, somebody like Bradbury who was struggling. A lot when the season started, he is starting to look more and more like a starter, like a an actual you know legit long term starter for the team. And then somewhere like Josh Klein, who was who we had we all had like low expectations for him, and then he's come in and he's played you know out of his mind. The only I guess bad stuff, bad asset in the line is is Pat Elfline, who even he had a good game on Sunday. Yeah, and and that's what good coaching should be, right? You should you don't need high-end talent at every position, but you need to get the most out of them. And, and that's what good coaches like Belichick, Sean Payton, like Sean Payton is winning with a backup quarterback at the moment. And I know that's going to wind up a lot of people who, who are Teddy fans, but it's still a backup quarterback to Drew Brees and he's gone 4-0 with him. So that that's what good coaching should be. You make the best of what you have. And right now, this O-line is clicking. You can tell the difference as well when Josh Klein is in the lineup and when he's not. He, he does make a big difference in that. And like you said, we weren't excited about him when we signed him, but he's really put in a shift for us. Yeah, and the one thing, and going back to your Teddy comment, it's it relates a lot to how the Vikings are right now because, in a way, Teddy hasn't been playing out of his mind. No, he's been doing very simple stuff. It's not that he's been 
lighting up the league or anything. He's just been kind of playing it safe. Like, he always did in Minnesota. Like, nothing has changed. But the coaching in New Orleans, is, as much as I hate to say it, is a solid offense. Like, it's a solid coaching staff and a staff that knows how to win games and how to manage an offense. And the reason Teddy has, has looked so good and has the team winning and not skipping a beat without Drew Brees is because the coaching staff is amazing there. And it's good to see that, you know, good coaching really is important. And we saw last year, you compare Flip to last year, compare how it's looking right now with Kevin and with Kubiak and all of them. And you see that the coaching staff, in a way, was bringing us down last year, you know? Yeah. And it's good to see it. It's good to see this. Definitely. Yeah, exactly. It is a massive improvement from where we were a year ago, and and hope it continues. I think the the only back black mark um, on the offense for the night was um, Adam Thielen getting injured. Um, it sounds like a it, well from the news today, it doesn't sound like a bad injury, but how long do you think we should keep him out for? I mean, it's a hammy, man. Those hamstrings are tricky. They're always tricky. You, you know, you, one day you're like, oh, you know what? I'm good to go. You make you run once, and that's it. You just gets locked back in and you're out for two months and you know he is the type of guy who's going to want to play on Sunday, on Thursday but he shouldn't I feel like you have this and we've said it a lot we have this kind of like a small bye week after Thursday and you keep him out Thursday and give him those 10 days to rest you know and that gives him a full two weeks of rest and he should be good to go into weeks against Kansas City because that's the more important game you know Washington and we'll speak about this a little later on, but this is a game the Vikings should win, mm. and I think they should win without Adam. It should just be, you know, and I will go into more detail on when we, when we preview the game, but this should be a game the Vikings should be able to win without Adam. Yeah, well, actually, I'll, I'd extend that. I'd extend that we should be able to beat Redskins as well as Kansas City because they haven't got Mahomes at the moment, so we should be able to win those two with just on our defense alone. Um, but yeah, I know what it's like when, when you're playing on a short week on a, on a Thursday night in prime time with Kirk. And also, I know what it's going to be like with um with at being at Kansas City. So they'll try and rush him back. But I'll, I'll be tempted just to rest him up till Cowboys and then bring him back then. Because that, that's probably the biggest game we've got upcoming now. I think this is going to depend on how the defense looks. Because the defense did not look good on Sunday, man. I mean... The defensive line was good. The linebackers played well, but that secondary man was ass. Total, total ass. Fucking dumpster fire. Yeah, what, what the fuck's going on with our defense at the moment? Like that—that's the one thing you could have hung your hat on, just to say, yeah, it's, you know, we've we've got them. They'll they'll keep it down to like 20 points a week, but every week there's just been like some blown coverage. The cat, the cornerbacks, every single one got beaten by Marvin Jones. It's the same fucking player. Just mark him, just pin him down. Stop giving him so much space. Uh, one of the the back shoulder throw uh, by, by Stafford that was on point. I don't think Xavier could have done anything else for that. But the rest of them, I thought we we could have done a bit better. But yeah, the the cornerbacks really need to clean up at the moment. Yeah, and I feel like so there's two there's two complaints I have about the defense. You know, the two things that I've seen not only this week but you know these past seven weeks is okay. So let's assume let's Ignore the fact that the secondary was bad on Sunday, right? Let's just look at the defense as a whole throughout these seven weeks. And there's always been like one or two blown coverages a game. Yeah. But the defense has held themselves pretty well overall. The one thing that when they when the opposing offense starts doing is when they start with those dinks and dunks and short underneath passes, those should just be 
maximum of three or four yard game, but they're getting a lot of yards after the catch. And that shouldn't be happening, I feel like, you know? Because yeah. that's, the, that's the one thing that can really roast the defense. And I feel like we people are ignoring the fact that, okay, the secondary was bad, but look at how bad those passes were as well. Because they scored 30 points, but they didn't drive down off deep balls all game. I mean, they had a handful of deep balls, obviously, but the way they drove down the field on Sunday was pretty much just short passes, uh, a few yards past the line of scrimmage, and just we just go run past the players, man. Yeah, you know, yards off to catch. Like, yeah, exactly, and that's something that I start looking into because it's actually working. It worked. You, the, the Lions pretty much gave the rest of the league a, a blueprint on how to beat the Vikings' defense. Underneath, short passes after the catch. Yeah, and well, that and um, the running back running out of the backfield and catching it. And the like two weaknesses we spotted because who was it? Was it Sanders against at the, uh, in the Eagles game, who ran past and scored a touchdown as well? Doing that, I think that's that that's the challenge, isn't it? It's running backs who can catch are a big asset to any team at the moment, and weirdly underpaid in the whole in the whole league. But yeah, the, those are the guys that give us give us loads of problems. I thought it was really good as well that we we saw the Titans finally getting involved in the game. It's been so long. I forgot we had Rudy on the team as well. I mean that that guy was invisible. He was he was involved in so much pass blocking that he was he was barely given a whiff. But at least you know he he finally got a touchdown. Um, so that I was really good that both tight ends got really heavily involved in the passing game. Yeah, and to add on to that, I mean that's something that had to be done with Adam being out. So the way the way I see it is when you lose someone like Adam, you just replace him with one player. Yeah, you replace him with a couple of. For a few players, right, and that's what Kyle Irv and BC Johnson, what that that's what the role was on Sunday. They were supposed to be able to, between the three of them, cover what Adam co- contributes to the offense, right? Because Adam can easily be uh, eight catch, hundred yard, hundred plus yard, one or two touchdown guy game, right? Yeah. And you don't get that from BC Johnson or Kyle Rudolph or Irv Smith individually. You get that if you combine the three of them. And and that's actually true because you gotta see it because uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think Kyle and Irv had like well almost 100 yards receiving if I'm not mistaken, and then you add the 40 by, by BC Johnson and you got you got a, a solid you know nine catches, 140 yards, two touchdowns, right? That's that should be a stat line for Adam normally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I completely agree. But I'm I'm really like glad to see that BC's you know he got his first touchdown. His his dance was like I don't think he did anything after all that build up of what his first dance should be, but I think he was solid. CJ Ham also getting involved. It's, the, the, the play is like last week against the Eagles, we just went, yeah, Diggs, you just run the same play twice and we'll get two touchdowns. And against, you know, uh, was it BC and uh, CJ Ham, we just ran the same play twice and scored twice as well. So it, it teams just don't seem to catch on from the mistake that, that they made about, you know, 10 minutes ago. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, that's and that's something that I've been, like, like if, if, you, if you put the Detroit game right next to the Eagles game, you can see that the game plan is not the same, you know. It's uh, it's an unexpected like you can see, even though they repeat the plays in the game itself, but like if you see the two games as two individual performances, you can see a difference in what type of play play calling is being done. Because obviously yeah. the, the Detroit secondary is decent, you know, their stay is good, but then the linebacker course for Detroit is horrible. So that's and and you can see like you know there was I saw like a lot of like third and fours or something, or second and sixes, and you can see how you would expect on a third and two to, like, run the ball, but 
All you have to do is just a short play action, have Diggs run across like a, 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 a simple out route or a, or a slant, and he was open. Now, whatever crossing route you could do against the, in the in the air, the linebackers are normally supposed to be. That was a catch. Like if there was a way to go back and see each one of those third down or second down conversions that were short passes, they were targeting the linebackers. So that's and I don't want to get too technical about. It. I'm just trying to say that the 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 offensive play calling is adapting to what they're getting. They're they're attacking what they're supposed to attack. You know, last week we all knew the Eagles secondary is a fucking dumpster fire, and they attacked the secondary. They went to the deep balls. This week we saw Darius Lay went down and. The deep ball started flying, yeah. and when and when the secondary was a little more tight, they attacked the linebacker. So and it's, that's how it's supposed to be, you know. Yeah, exactly. We we don't we don't start off going. Yeah, this is our game plan. We'll just stick to it. Whatever happens, we're we're a bit more flexible now. And I think I'm I'm not sure of how how much of that is Kubiak seeing up in the box and just being able to say, yeah, this is not working. Let's go to a different part of the playbook and let's let's do that instead. And but whatever it is, they don't need to change it. It's it's working, you know. Keep keep mixing things up, keep going like that. But that play action right at the end of the game to to ice the game. How obvious was that? Even the commentators were like, "Yeah, they're gonna have nine in the box. He's just gonna do a hard play action here and launch it forward to Diggs." And exactly that happened. Sixty was it? Sixty-one yards or something? Sixty-two, whatever yards it was, and killed the game there and then. It is, but it's it's just so it, we're getting so good at that play action now and that is Kirk's you know bread and butter that everyone is calling it but no one can guard against it it was the same against you know in the against the Eagles in the NFC championship game we knew Nick Foles was going to do play action because that's all he had he had a shit arm but he just sold it so well and he just kept putting the ball on the dime for his receivers and and that was it and that that caught us out so yeah Kirk, Kirk I'm loving what he's doing at the moment yeah and, and I, uh, I agree man and that's the thing so this is what that off- this offense should be because second and six, right? If you don't stack the box, Dallas running through you, right? So you have to stack the box, and if you stack the box and you give a one-on-one with Stephon Diggs, who's gonna beat 90% of the corners in the league if you put him one-on-one? So that's those types of mismatches is what you have to look for with this offense, you know? Yeah, yeah, agreed. Think that this week they'll moving forward to to the Redskins game. Um, this. We should be able to. I mean, they they just laid an egg at home, right? They scored zero points being at home against 49ers. Yeah, 49ers are a good team. They're unbeaten, but at home you got to at least you know try and score one point. So that that was unbelievable. But just talking about the Redskins, it just you know reminds me of one of the one of my favorite ever quarterbacks um, that Vikings had over the last few years is Case Keenum. Um, and so before everyone kicks off, I don't think he should be a starter. I just I think he's the best backup in the league, um, and and I have him as a backup any day of the week because what he did for us in that 2017 season was unbelievable. But now that he's coming back to play against us, we had a decision right with three QBs in 2017: Sam Bradford, Teddy, and Case. Looking back now, do you think we went the right way? I I, I don't I mean it's I feel like it's still too early to tell because. So and and we've spoken about this how cheaper QB contract helps out right we've spoken about it a lot and Case asked for a decent amount of money like not Kirk money obviously but he asked for a decent amount of money when he went to Denver and I feel like for that contract he's not worth it obviously and if if it were up to me to go back and make a choice I think I'd still take Teddy because just off that contract 
you know? Because Kirk, I mean, Kirk's playing amazing right now, but it's been three games, right? We don't know how sustainable this is going to be. You know, and that's not a question I can answer until it's week 17 and we know what the fuck happened from week yeah. eight onwards, right? right. Yeah. So that's the thing. So, I mean, but I mean, I mean, hindsight is 2020, obviously. But I feel like this team has always been a team that hasn't invested that much in the QB and have invested in everything else. Yeah. Right? And I feel like with the scheme that this team has right now, Teddy would have been okay. But there's a lot of factors that go into it, man. Is the defense going to be as good than it is right now? Is it going to be bad as it is right now? Is it going to be better? You know, does the front office invest more money in the defense? Does it invest more money in the offensive line? Does it invest more money in other areas? Or do you, or you just draft somebody? You know, you, you know, so so many things can go into it, right? But I feel like, as of right now, I, I would have gone Teddy just because the salary for him would have been significantly lower. Now, yeah. if Kirk goes ahead and takes us to the playoffs and you know, or maintains this streak that he has going on, then you know, I will change my opinion about it. But as of right now, I don't, I. As good as Kirk has been, I still don't have – I still have that fear in the back of my head that he could fuck up any day now. Yeah, and it, that, that's it. It's, you know, the, I think that's a typical Vikings fan. No matter how good you have it, you always have that fear in the back of back of your hand. And he could just, just changing the tune a little bit. You could see with Gophers fan as well at the moment, the, the 7-0, and you know, the, the absolutely spanking everyone in the way. But every Gophers fan's like, yeah, the balloon's just going to, you know, it's going to burst any minute. And that, that is Vikings, you know. We we find a way of, of messing up something down the line, you know. Someone gets hurt or we just we, we just don't stick to stick to what's been working and, and try and change things up too much or something. But you're right. I think Kirk is still unproven. He's had a good, good set of games, um, but he needs to sustain it for a long time. And same with Teddy. He's, he's also unproven at this level over a sustained period of time. But you're right, with Teddy, you could have built a team a bit more than, than you did around Kirk. You know, I'm not, I, I don't I don't remember what the free agent class was like back then, but with Kirk, we still managed to sign Sheldon Richardson, who made a massive difference in the run game last year for us. Um, I think, who, who else did we got? Um, we, we had Tom Johnson back on the D-line, so we, we'd still made improvements on on the defensive line. It was the offensive line that we didn't really do much last year and that's what killed us and killed Kurt really. So, yeah, um, you're right. Right now, I think we would probably lean towards Teddy um, out of all those four QBs that we had in 27 or we had a choice of until Kirk really shuts us up over the over the rest of the season. I have one more thing I want to add into the whole contract thing that you were mentioning about, you know, Sheldon and, and Tom Johnson. And So, instead of, but don't look at it that way. Don't look at it that exact season, right? Look at it, what the Vikings situation for the cap is once the season ends. Mac Alexander is a free agent. Trey Williams is, is a free agent. Jaron Curse is a free agent. And Anthony Harris are free agents. You're losing four big pieces of your secondary, maybe, this offseason. And if you don't have that Kirk contract, if you have a Cotelli contract, you can probably sign at least, you know, Jaron's probably going to be cheap, right? You either let Mac or Trey walk, and then you keep Anthony Harris. You can get three out of four back if you play your cards right. And now it's a question of which is the one guy that we're going to have to fight and, you know, move cap around and keep. Because that might, that, this, this might include cutting Xavier to keep either Trey or McKenzie or Anthony Harris, right? Yeah. That becomes an issue. See, so I, that's why, yeah. and that's what I mean with, you know, with the, with the Teddy contract, this would not be an issue. We would just sign, in my opinion, we would sign Mac, Anthony and Jaron back, let Trey walk, 
or cut Xavier to keep Trey. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah, it's, yeah. it's like that, right? Obviously, it's uh, it depends on what happens and what the front office would have decided. But you know, you have the option to do something, and you are more flexible on that yeah. scenario. I think th- this year we'll see Harrison Smith re-sign to to a different deal. We'll see probably Kirk Cousins if he takes us. Say he takes us to the NFC Championship game. You would be tempted to re-sign him on a new deal for another three years, and maybe not have as much guaranteed contract in. And he might take a discount just to be with this team. I mean, 28 million a year for another three years. You think that's probably a bargain the way other contracts are with QBs at the moment. Um, so yeah, I I think if if he does prove he's good and go to the NFC Championship game or to the Super Bowl, you think yeah, fuck it, sign him for a bit longer. Um, but right, let, let's focus a little bit on Thursday's game. So Case Keenum's homecoming and that other running back that we used to have. So how do you think this game is going to go? And we spoke about this before the podcast, and this is this is actually a carbon copy of the Buffalo game last year, right? You know, yeah. I, I remember doing one of our first episodes. We mentioned how Oakland's a trap game. Okay. It wasn't a way, but it wasn't because we weren't that heavy of a favorite, right? The Vikings, and if you look at the spread right now, Vikings are favored by fifteen point five points to win the game. That's, That's the spread. That's crazy. Fucking yeah. ridiculous if you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it's it's everything about it's like a trap game because that's what happened with Bills. Bills were woeful. They came in and they absolutely hammered us. And and you're right, you know, this. But Bills had Josh Allen, right? He was a half decent QB. They've got Case Keenum with no like firepower around him. He's, he's got absolutely no weapons to throw to. And it's it's not like they're just going to hand the ball off to AD about 45 times a game. It's because we we can protect against that. So, really, what have Washington got that's going to scare us on Thursday night? And I think that's a good point because if Buffalo, when we played them, that game looked different that, that when when we played them compared to the end of the season because they weren't that bad of a team. They weren't as bad as Washington is right now. Yeah. As you can be, Buffalo Buffalo is playing pretty well this season. So it's not like we got totally fucked by a bad team. Like they were a pretty decent team. The Vikings still should have won that game, but. Yeah. I guess yeah, and that's a good point because Washington is just horrible, right? They were, if if the if the Dolphins were that close to beating them, they're bad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, yeah, and but this is but it still feels like a trap game because it has, if this game goes wrong, man, you know, you know, shit hits the fan fast because they'll be like, oh, you know, Case Keenum beat us. Oh, AP just ran for 200 yards against us. Oh, we suck, you know. Oh, we lost at home against the fucking one of the worst teams <laughs> in the fucking league, you know, all that stuff. And then it then, then becomes a total total shit show, you know? But you Stefan complaining Yeah, but I mean if you thought Stefan complaining and Adam and Kirk apologizing to each other, that if that was if 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 you think that was a shit show, just wait and see what happens if the Vikings lose on Thursday. <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing because oh my god, we would absolutely blow a nut, especially on, on our Twitter, like fucking everyone would go crazy. All the Kirk haters would come out, you know, all the Zim haters would be like, Yeah, fire him, get rid of Rick. Can't believe we traded away Case Keenum and all that shit. It'd be fucking amazing. But there's a huge part of me that just goes, yeah, you know what? Sometimes I just want to watch the world burn a little bit. But no, not not against the Redskins. But we did say, right, three and a half weeks ago that if we go three and one out of these four game stretch, we'll be happy. So it's not the end of the world if we go 0 and one this week. But you're right. This I I don't. I'm I'm so I confident. I don't see it. I don't see us losing. Yeah, as, exactly. I was 
but I, but you saw us losing last week, so let me just remind you of that. Um, because no, that I, was, I got yeah. that on Twitter and also, I got that on Twitter <laughs> all day long. Like, I mean, I'm happy I was wrong, bro. I'm extremely happy I was wrong. Exactly, exactly right. It, you, you're better to be wrong like that than than like me, who's just always extremely optimistic. But yeah. I, th- I think Redskins, we're we're gonna okay. Do let's do score predictions. How? What do you think we'll win by? So I, I, I want you to go first because because I, I got a gambling um a gambling tip <laughs> as well. So you go first. Okay, well, so uh, you know, every week I give the predictions. I always go forty-five and nothing, right? That's my. Uh, it was it started oh, off right. as a joke, and I, and I just do that every time. So I think this week it's actually going to come true. They're not going to score any, um, and we're going to drop a forty-five bomb, bomb on them. You guys heard it first. Sankum says forty-five-zero. <laughs> Holy fuck! <laughs> How about that? So I'm going to be a little more realistic, right? Because I'm I'm kind of a gambler in a way. So. <laughs> to all the gambling gambling listeners, you take Washington plus 15.5, because that means they either win the game or they lose by 15 points or less. And I think the Vikings were going to win about by 10 or maximum 13 points. It won't be more than 13 points, because garbage time is really a bitch, you know. Yeah. And my score yeah. prediction for this game, I want to say, I'll say 24-10. Okay. Um. So if if you did to take the over on fifteen point five, you'd lose that bet then. No, no, no not the over, the spread. Oh, okay, you're sorry. Spread, yeah, because yeah, yeah. you're taking Washington plus fifteen point five. So you okay, sorry. It's pretty much yeah, as yeah. a Minnesota minus fourteen, which you 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 hit the bet for Washington plus fifteen point five. So okay, let 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 me ask you another prediction then. Case Keenum interceptions over and under two and a half. I'm, I I won't say under two point five, but over one point five. I won't say two picks. Right. Okay. Yeah, I think there's gonna be like five picks. Um, two of them pick sixes. Damn, bro. I mean, yeah, you gotta you gotta hit 45 somehow. So. Hey, exactly. You know, Kirk's not gonna do it on his own. But this is this is a good way just to shut up all the haters that go, Kirk's not good in prime time. You know, it's a short week and all that crap. Just put it all behind you, and just go out there, smash a team. Just feel good. Go into that mini mini buy, which. By the way, this week in England, so this weekend is the the clocks go forward. Is it? Yeah. Uh, no, the clocks go back. And in America, they go back a week later. So this was the only week I could have watched Sunday night games and not be super tired on Monday. But no, fucking Vikings don't even play on Sunday night. They play on Thursday. So I got to watch some shit teams on like the Packers or some shit on, on Sunday night now, which is terrible. So thanks NFL for scheduling that way. And just to um, add one thing before, sorry, if I yeah, stop, cool. stopped. Yeah, so I, I think this won't be a, a big Kirk game. Not because he won't be able to do it, just because we won't need him to do it. This is going to be Dalvin Cook all the way. If you see a bet that says Dalvin Cook over under 120 yards, you take that over and you run right now with this fucking... Really? I, I think I think they'll play him the first quarter. We'll be up like 20 points and they'll just run Madison for the rest of the game. So yeah, I mean, just, just have a chill with Dalvin. I think I think this game is gonna be a lot of Dalvin because they will need to put you know Kirk in harm's way or Stephon in harm's way. Just give the ball to Dalvin, let him rumble for like two long touchdowns, ice the game with Madison, you're done, you know. Yeah. So if you get a chance, if you, if if you're betting, people see, hey, uh, times I don't know, two point something odds for over 120 yards, 140 yards, you take it, man. He might run for for 200 on Sunday. I'm sorry, on Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think you're right. The the Washington D line isn't that great. I think we'll be, we'll be making very big holes with with our O line and and yeah, just well, Washington Dalvin isn't great. That's the thing. 
They're horrible. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, there's some terrible teams in this league that we should just be hammering. And that, that's what you need. You just need a feel-good game where you absolutely lay lay your team down, bury them in the ground and walk away just ready for that Kansas City after a mini break as well. Just, yeah, um, hopefully, you know, everything will just go to plan. 45 nothing. move on to Kansas City. We're awfully close to a 4-0 for a 4-0 prediction, you know. You know, like we spoke yeah, about it. We spoke right. about 4-0 being possible but difficult. And they're one game away from doing this. And they might be. And right now the team's 5-2, right? Mm. This team might be 7-2 heading into Dallas, man. And that's going to be amazing. And I hope it happens. Because Kansas City without Mahomes does not scare me. That defense is a fucking dumpster fire, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and then Washington is Washington, bro. Dallas going into Dallas. A Dallas team that just lost against the Jets but whooped the ass of the Eagles. We don't, still don't know what how good that team is. But this Whether team turns up very, on the day, right? Dallas, could, this yeah. team could very, very well be seven and two going to Dallas, maybe even eight and two after that game, and that still might, and that still might have us in second place in the division because Green Bay has the shittiest schedule and the fucking biggest <laughs> fucking luck out of anything I've seen this year, yeah. man. They just—it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But still, that's not—that's not a topic for today. But still, this team, as much as it's—it's—it's it's, it's difficult to say, you know, t- we said it, ten and six, eleven and five might not be enough to win this division this year. You might need yeah. at least a thirteen and three or a twelve and four. Hopefully, should be enough. But that's, that's looking be more and more yes. possible, right? That's looking it more is. and more possible every it week. Is. Every week, it yeah. We just definitely. Yeah. Right. I mean, let's I go like... to... oh, sorry. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so I, f- I feel one last thing before we go into questions is, I guess the the games that are left, the games that could be losses right now, I I feel like are four, four of them, right? Well, you, talking... you're about to, you're about to spoil the first question, you see, so. I'm going to pause oh, right, right, your right, thought. Right, right. And go ahead, go ahead. I'm going to write this week's question. So first one, Meg Dean at Meg Dean 1437. Which teams do you think will be the most challenging for us moving forward? Hashtag spicy questions. Spicy so questions. Finally. I know, right? P- people are giving you giving you recognition. So, yeah. you know, we got the Redskins, Chiefs, Cowboys, Broncos, Seahawks, Lions, Chargers, Packers, and Bears. So I I've got that in front of me. I haven't I haven't just you know just learned our schedule by heart. But I was impressed. I was like, damn, dog, jeez. That's what I do. So before uh, before the Chiefs game, we've got the mini buy, and before the Seahawks game, we've got the proper buy as well. So personally, I think the toughest games: Seahawks and Cowboys. So I'm gonna give you the four games that are toss-ups for me. No, three games that are toss-ups and one that's 100% a loss, right? A Cowboys game is a toss-up. Seahawks and Seattle is a fucking L. That's for sure, you know? Um, then Green Bay and Chicago, those two last games of the season, man. So, at home, though. At home. I mean, they're home, definitely. And the team is different at home, right? So let's assume that the two toss the Seahawks game and the Cowboys game are losses, right? Let's just assume that just for argument's sake, right? This team is sorry, four, ten and four. It's there. They will be ten and four heading into the Green Bay game at home, right? Yeah, yeah. If you win those two games, man, you go twelve and four, and you pretty much get the division, right? Yeah. I don't think the Packers are gonna go twelve and four or better. They, they have, and I want to see their schedule because I don't get their schedule, man. Because we we saw last week, I feel like they have like twelve home games, man. It makes no fucking sense, <laughs> right? Yeah. So unfortunately, they get the Chiefs this week. And it could have come at a, at a worse timing, right? Right, with the so, homes injured, so yeah, so, that's so, easy so, for them. They got, they got Chiefs, Chargers, Panthers, Niners, Giants, Redskins, and Bears, Vikings, and Lions. 
Right. So Panthers is a tough one. Panthers is they might. I mean, Panthers and 49ers, man, they might be able to beat Green Bay. That's my opinion, right? That's two more losses to them. They might not lose their first game until week ten. Yeah. Sorry, week no. Yeah, week ten, which would be the, the the Panthers game, which is in Green Bay again. I don't fucking get the logic. They listen to you, and then it could it could. I mean, I don't see them lose. This team might go fourteen and two or thirteen and three and just edges up by one game. Yeah, you could you could see you could easily have see that happening, but I could, I could see them not surviving as well, just the running out of luck as well, because they've been so lucky with the referees' calls, they've been so lucky with you know just the like Lions the won the game, the Lions exactly won. right, yeah, yeah. So I I can see them just messing up once or twice, and then they've got I think they're away at Lions, they're away at with Vikings, yeah, and then the home game against Chicago, and Chicago could just turn up and. Trubisky, man, how awful was he on Sunday? He, uh, if if you haven't seen the highlights of that game, you just need to watch him miss everything. He was terrible. The hot takes, the preseason hot hot takes, like yeah, um, Trubisky is the favorite to win the fucking MVP. Yo, <laughs> fuck yourself, you fucking idiot. Who the fuck? What I is mean, terrible we have, prediction? We have been saying this, like people like Arif and everybody at the Daily Norseman and everybody has been saying. This Trubisky is ass, and we know like the whole this whole Viking fan base does not understand why he gets so much fucking love. Like, yeah. there are no reasons just because he can run fast. Could be fucking kidding me. That that makes no sense. <laughs> I can't believe they picked him over Mahomes and Watson. No, I'm just not. I, mean, I can't believe it, but I am so happy they fucked up. I, right, I, exactly. I they traded up to grab Trubisky. It's not yeah. like they just no. They traded up. They could have easily grabbed Mahomes or Watson. Even trading. But they yeah. gave up a fuck ton of picks and went for Trubisky, and that's perfect. That's yeah. perfect. Yeah. Love it. So um, one last right. thing before yeah, the last question is the e- Packers are 6 and 1, right? If I'm not mistaken, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Hold up. 8 and 3. <laughs> uh, I don't know, bro. They could yeah. be, it could be <laughs> 11 and 3 heading into the Vikings game, or the Vikings could be. We could be similar as well. We could be uh, like. Yeah, and, and, and then one game yeah. behind, it's still one game behind like we are right now, right? The Vikings win that game and it'd still be behind like half a game. And we'd have to whoop Chicago at home and then well, what, to... what would be the tiebreaker? The division record, said, right? Yeah. So yeah, so we've got at the moment we've We're one and two. And yeah. three and us. So if we win the last three home games, we would be what four um four and two? That should be yeah. I mean, assuming they get like they lose against the Lions, they might just be four and two as well. So, but I mean, if they lose against the Lions, then we would ha- we would have a game over them because they'd be yeah. eleven and five, and we would be twelve and four. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So. And that's the thing, though. I, 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 this team, like this Vikings team, needs one home game. We need that second or third, that second seed. Yeah. They need that by week, and we and and as I said it last week, the one team that terrifies the shit out of me in the NFC is the Saints. Yes. And that team. <laughs> They very well end up being the, being the number one seed because I don't think San Francisco is going to be better than Saints, as good as they have been. I don't expect them to be maybe second or hopefully third seed so the Vikings can take the, the third, second seed. Yeah. But, you know, just got to hope somebody knocks them out. Yeah, we don't go to the Superdome. And then have, have the NFC Championship game be in Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> that's what, the, I mean, that's what, the, I'm, I'm looking that far because I think this team can do it. This team has it, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I tweeted it out. I said, Kirk, is different this year. He just the look in his eye, like he is just pissed looking, off. Kirk. He's pissed yeah. not, and not just pissed off, not ticked off, but 
he just is taking it more seriously this year. Because mm-hmm. last year you would see him in his press, he'd just be laughing or brushing stuff out, 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 like you know, brushing everything out. But this time around, this year he just looks like he doesn't give a fuck anymore. Like he is actually, he is trying to prove something, and you can see it in his eyes. Like it's it's noticeable. Because in if you saw the um the, the post game celebration in the locker room. When he he got the game ball, pretty much him and the offense, right? And they had him break the the huddle inside the the locker room. He says he was straight face, just serious about it. Not no smile, no nothing, man. You know, and all those small things. It looks like something. I don't know what the fuck. And I'm happy. And I'm I'm gonna say thanks, Stefan, because something just clicked. Stefan saved the season at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he he just needed a bit of a shakeup because, you know what, I. I reckon Zim just put Stefan up to it, saying, "Look, take take the 200 grand hit, just have a bit of a kickoff, get get a bit of fire up Kirk, let's see what he does." I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past Zim to just to get Stefan to do that. And Stefan's like, "Yeah, fuck it, you know what's 200 grand for me? I'm I'm making millions." And yeah, just just started having a moan, skipped a day, got a fine, and then Kirk just went, "Oh, if my main man is doing that, I better just step up and do something about it." Yeah, I mean, obviously there was some stuff that we just don't know about that happened in the locker room. You know, that's there's obviously some kind of conversation that they went through and that probably helped yeah. as well. Yeah. Um. Next question, Skolai at Skolai. Uh, can you compare Zeke to Cook? Um. Do you think the Cowboys will be able to stop Cook? Can the Vikings stop Zeke? Uh. Well, uh, personally, I, I want to cover this question in a couple of weeks' time. But uh, yeah, that's true. At, at, at the moment, Dalvin Cook is better than Zeke. That's my opinion. I think he's he's just more elusive. He he's harder to tackle than than Zeke is. Um, Zeke is probably better running out of the backfield. Um, but yeah, I'd I'd give the edge to to Dalvin Cook. What do you reckon? I don't know. I mean, I think Zeke has proved it more. You know, he's been in the league a little longer. Yeah. He's proved it more. But right now, yeah, Dalvin is just having a you know, he's on pace for, like, I read 1.6 thousand yards or something. Yeah. That's ridiculous, you know what I mean? Yeah, but it's not 2097, is it? I mean, that, that's what AD would be saying in his right, dream. Right, 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 exactly. But I mean, I think, I think as of right now, Cook is definitely playing better than Seek. And then... I think the, the Vikings can stop Seek, and I, I think the Cowboys can also stop Cook. And that might be, and you know, if the Vikings can stop Zeke, though, you you, you put the hand, you put the ball in the hand of Dak Prescott and tell him, hey Dak, win the game. That's what you want. You want exactly. to see if Dak can beat this team, and I don't think he can with his arm. I think the Vikings can with his, with Kirk's arm. So yeah. That's I mean, we'll see that we'll see that in, in in two weeks, right? But that's just a small preview of that of that episode. Yeah. Um, next question, Eric Thorvaldson, um, Eric the Red. At Skull Sith Lord, um, does Sanka miss me or even think about me? Um, so I met Eric at the bar um, just before the game. He's, he's a really fun guy. Um, so do I miss you? Yes, Eric. I think about you every night, uh, 10 minutes before bedtime, and I have to use tissues after I've thought of you. So there you go. Um, okay, then. To stop you, <laughs> it's getting slightly pornographic. Yeah, uh, I think that's it for questions, right? Uh, oh no, hang on, one more. Uh, Mayor Bear, every week. Uh, Mayor Bear, we love you, Mayor Bear. Um, at UK Viking Girl. Um, what's up with Cousins? Do you think he's heading towards an MVP season? Dark Horse MVP, for sure. But not MVP, but Dark Horse MVP. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think he's he's got to be in the top five for the conversation at the moment. I mean, Lamar Jackson is playing lights out. Um, 
And just because he gives you something with the feet, he'll probably edge it over Kirk. But if Kirk carries on like this, he's he's got to be in that conversation. Um, next question: Do you think with a huge point spread, can can we get the Bills out of our mouths? I think yeah, we talked about that, didn't we? It is definitely a trap game, but we've got enough firepower, and Redskins haven't got any firepower. I think we they got no fire. They got no fire. They got no power, bro. They got none yeah. of no, 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 nothing, bro. Exactly, exactly. But yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's it for the questions for this week, and that's the end of the pod. That that was awesome. I think that that flew by, man. Just, I feel so relaxed. I feel like I've just had a blowjob or something. Okay, I got no words. I just can't react to it right now. I got no reaction for that right now. I think that's it. That's it. That's a good good way to end the podcast. And thanks everyone for listening. And we'll uh, we'll catch up with you next week. Blowjobs will come later, guys. Yeah. Cheers. Bye bye. Uh, right. Let me just stop the recording. That was good, man. It was. It was fun. Woo!